Proverbs chapter 21, verse 30, there is no wisdom nor understanding nor counsel against the Lord. Since Eden and Eve, Satan has attacked the veracity of God's holy word. Since Eden, Satan has harnessed his devil horde and his finest carnal champions and paraded them before the sons and daughters of Adam to defy God's word, and they have failed time after miserable time. Yet in the face of their incessant failures, these carnal champions find it impossible to blush. Truly, Second Timothy 3.7 is certified, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. God said man said is a proof text where God's word is established to be true and righteous altogether, and that certainly includes miracles, all of them. If you are not born again, John 3.3, and the gospel of light has been explained to you, yet you have rejected it. Your situation is described by Jesus Christ in John chapter 3, 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Will today be the day you become born a very literal second time, this time of the Spirit of God, this time not as a child of Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so, but as a son or daughter of God, your Creator? Shake off the foolishness. Today, all your history of sin and shame will be expunged entirely from your record. Today, all of Satan's bondages, no matter how formidable, will be vanquished, every single one. Today, the power to live a hallelujah life will be yours. In just mere moments, everything will change for you if you follow me in this simple prompt. Here we go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 6, verse 17, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. God said, Genesis seven seventeen through 24, And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man." All and in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died. 
and every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle, and the creeping things, and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days. God said, Genesis 8, verse 5, And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. A man said, Everyone knows the universe is billions of years old, and the Bible stories of creation of Adam and Eve and of Noah's Ark are just a bunch of foolish fairy tales. Get over it, Bible thumpers. Now the record. You are visiting God Said, Man Said, feature 998, that will for the 998th time defend and certify the supernatural inerrancy of God's beautiful book. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We received the following email from Paul. I have read in your online publications that you will answer questions regarding science and religion. I have so many questions in my mind to ask, but the one I would most like answered is this. How can you prove that the events of Noah's flood really happened? My question is really comprised of three parts. One, was the flood global, as in the whole world was submerged, including such massive landmarks as Mount Everest with Mount High, High or more water? Or was it a local phenomenon restricted to a certain region near the Euphrates River where occasional flooding still occurs? Number two, were all the species of animals in the world able to fit on the ark in pairs of two? How could the polar bear and seals from the North Pole and penguins from the South Pole, as well as koalas and kangaroos from Australia landmass, have all traveled from their respective homes to the Middle East in such a short span of time, especially given that the geography of the land didn't change much since that time period, estimated at 5,000 to 6,000 years ago. Three, assuming that the flood was global, where did all the water come from, and where did it all go after the flood? The amount of precipitation available is quantified by the same amount that evaporated, or the quantity of water present on the planet didn't change for millions of years. Thank you so much, Paul. P.S. I'm very much looking forward to your answer and would appreciate a detailed description with references in that answer. I really hope that you won't shock the events up to it was just a miracle with no supporting references, end of quote. A principal matter in this response is the issue of miracles, with which Paul appears to want nothing to do. Again, from the postscript, it says this, I really hope that you won't shock the events up to it was just a miracle, with no supporting references. Thank you, Paul, for your email. As a new visitor to God Said, Man Said, you would not be aware that your questions have been addressed in great detail in past features. Of the present 998 God Said, Man Said features, approximately 200 deal with Noah and the flood, 
and the Bible's assertion of a 6,000-year-old earth, including all its life forms and its universe. Sound bizarre? None of the skeptics have been able to prove otherwise, try as they may, and the reason for all their abject failure is obvious to the bloodbot. These skeptics have embarked upon an impossible mission simply because what they are trying to discredit is the bold, flat, absolute, simple truth. Today we will address Brother Paul's concerns and offer some additional new discoveries, but first there is the issue of miracles. The exhaustive Oxford English Dictionary defines the miracle in part, number one, a marvelous event occurring within human experience which cannot have been brought about by human power or by the operation of any natural agency. Two, an achievement seemingly beyond human power or an occurrence so marvelous as it appears supernatural. A creation story bereft of miracles would be an account bereft of God and bereft of truth. The miracles begin from the Bible's very first verse, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. From Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 31, you'll discover one miracle after another. To explain creation and Noah without involving a miracle would simply not be the truth. But, Brother Paul, on this website, you will find one marvelous miracle after another being certified by highly credible third-party attestation. Rest assured that your questions will be satisfied. It's important not to confuse a miracle with magic. God does not do magic, but by his wisdom and knowledge and understanding, he created all. Proverbs 3.19, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. Jeremiah 51.15, He hath made the earth by his power, he hath established the world by his wisdom, and hath stretched out the heaven by his understanding. To shun the miracle hand of God is to be reduced to a mundane and vacuous naturalism, and that is a real quagmire. The Bible is a book of outer-worldly miracles. The gospel of salvation is a magnificent array of miracles. In the Old Testament, you'll find over 300 prophecies of the coming Messiah, which were and are being fulfilled in one single man, and that man is Jesus Christ. The odds of a person or group of people making these predictions and having them fulfilled in one single man is one chance in a number so colossal that there are no words to describe it, a miracle of miracles. In a manger in Bethlehem, this Messiah was born and born of a virgin. At the age of 30, he embarked on a three-and-a-half-year ministry of redemption, which had one glorious miracle after another. Finally, this man was crucified on Golgotha's hill, and there he destroyed Satan's stranglehold on all who will believe upon the name of the only begotten Son of God. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. Forty days after that, he ascended to heaven to sit on the right hand of God, all marvelous, unduplicated miracles. Can these miracles be certified beyond any reasonable doubt? Yes. Pick a subject and type it into the God Said Man Said search bar at the top right of the page and see for yourself. The Bible, God's beautiful book, is laden with miracles. Paul wants to know how one would go about proving Noah and the ark. 
The process by which anything in the past or the present is proven is the same process one would employ in proving Noah. One of the primary points of proof would be credible witnesses. This standard is laid out in numerous, numerous places Excuse me, in the Word of God. For example, in Deuteronomy 19, verse 15, One witness shall not rise up against the man for any iniquity or for any sin, in any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. But when all of the witnesses of the event are dead, where would a person go for witnesses? No one alive today was alive when General George Washington was inaugurated as the first president of the United States of America. We know of his life and its events from a corroboration of credible, reliable historical records, as well as various circumstantial evidences. One of the world's most credible ancient historians, who was born several years after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, was Flavius Josephus. He wrote the Antiquities of the Jews and the Wars of the Jews. In his possession, he had the commentary and backstory from the books from the Temple Library of many things found in the Bible. Josephus wrote the following concerning Noah and the global flood. He also references historians who were from antiquity in his time. He writes, after this, the ark rested on the top of a certain mountain in Armenia, which when Noah understood, he opened it, and seeing a small piece of land about it, he continued quiet and conceived some cheerful hopes of deliverance. But a few days afterward, when the water was decreased to a greater degree, he sent out a raven, as desirous to learn whether any other part of the earth were left dry by the water and whether he might go out of the ark with safety. But the raven, finding all the land still overflowed, returned to Noah again. And after seven days he sent out a dove to know the state of the world, which came back to him covered in mud and bringing an olive branch. Hereby Noah learned that the earth was become clear of the flood. So after he had stayed seven more days, he sent the living creatures out of the ark, and both he and his family went out. And when he also sacrificed to God and feasted with his companions... However, the Armenians call this place the place of descent. For the ark being saved in that place, its remains are shown there by the inhabitants to this day. Now, all of the writers of barbarian histories make mention of this flood and of this ark, among, among whom is Barossus the Chaldean. For when he is describing the circumstances of the flood, he goes on thus. It is said there is still some part of this ship in Armenia at the mountain of the Cordians, and that some people carry off pieces of the bitumen which they take away and use chiefly as amulets for the averting of mischiefs. Hieronymus, the Egyptian, also who wrote the Phoenician Antiquities, and Masius, and a great many more, make mention of the same. Nay, Nicholas of Damascus, in his 96th book, hath a particular relation about them where he speaks thus, There is a great mountain in Armenia, over Minyas called Barus, upon which it is reported that many who fled at the time of the deluge were saved, and that one who was carried in an ark came on shore upon the top of it, and that the remains of the timber were a great while preserved. This might be the man about whom Moses, the legislator of the Jews, wrote. Other historical accounts are found 
in the 500-plus ancient societal records, nearly all of which are non-Judeo-Christian, and they tell of the flood. John D. Morse, Ph.D., president of the Institute for Creation Research, authored the feature article, Traditions of a Global Flood, in the November 2014 issue of Acts and Facts. Several paragraphs follow. One of the strongest evidences for the global flood that annihilated all the people on earth except for Noah and his family has been the presence of flood legends in the folklore of people groups from around the world. And the stories are all so similar. Local geography and cultural aspects may be present, but they all seem to be telling the same story. Over the years, I have collected more than 200 of these stories, originally reported by various missionaries, anthropologists, and ethnologists. While the differences are not always trivial, the common essence of the stories in is instructive as compiled below. 1. Was there a favored family? 88%. 2. Were they forewarned? 66%. 3. Was the flood due to the wickedness of man? 66%. Number 4. Was the catastrophe only a flood? 95%. Number five, was the flood global? 95%. Six, was survival due to a boat? 70%. Number seven, were animals also saved? 67%. Eight, did animals play any part? 73%. Nine, did survivors land on a mountain? 57%. Number 10, was the geography local? 82%. Number 11, were birds sent out? 35%. 12. Was the rainbow mentioned? 7%. Did survivors offer a sacrifice? 13%. Were specifically eight persons saved? 9%. End of quote. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature Noah's Ark Fact or Fiction Updated. Many ancient non-Jewish and non-Christian civilizations have passed down accounts of the flood, one of the world's oldest, the Mayo or Meatsu of China, passed down this story from generation to generation. So it poured 40 days in sheets and torrents, then 55 days of misting and drizzle. The water surmounted the mountains and ranges, an earth with no earth upon which to take refuge, a world with no foothold where one might subsist. The people were baffled, impotent, and ruined, Despairing, horror-stricken, diminished and finished. But the patriarch, Nua, was righteous. The matriarch, Galbolian, upright. Built a boat very wide, made a ship very vast. Their household entire got aboard and were floated. The family complete rode the deluge in safety. The animals with him were female and male. The birds went along and were mated in pairs. When the time was fulfilled, God commanded the waters. The day had arrived. The floodwaters receded. Then Nua liberated a dove from their refuge, sent a bird to go forth and bring again tidings. The flood has gone down into lake and to ocean. The mud was confined to the pools and hollows. There was land once again where man might reside. There was a place in the earth now to rear habitations. Buffalo then were brought, an oblation to God. Fatted cattle became sacrifice to the mighty. The Divine One then gave them His blessing. Their God then bestowed His good graces. 
The following two paragraphs are from the December 20, uh, 2000, uh, February 2001 issue of Creation under the heading, Uncanny Coherence to Noah's Account. The excerpt reads, There are at least 500 legends of a worldwide deluge. Many of these show remarkable similarities with many aspects similar to the details about Noah's flood in the Bible. We are left with a few options. Perhaps all of these people of these remote civilizations had different flood experiences that, by chance, had all these features in common on which they based their stories. However, the more reasonable alternative is that these legends all find their root in the same one global flood experience that Genesis records. The Miyazo are the same ancient people who shocked Christian missionaries when the Miyazo recited their genealogy all the way back to the world's first man. The Miyazo said that the first man's name was Dirt. The Hebrew meaning of the name Adam, whom the Bible declares to be the world's first man, is Red Dirt. Regarding the global nature of the flood, let's continue with a few bullet points. <clears throat> Number one. Marine fossils have been found at the peaks, near the summits, of all the world's mountains. Number two, three-quarters of the Earth's crust consist of sedimentary rocks, which are formed almost entirely underwater. Number three, all sedimentary formations appear to have been formed rapidly via a catastrophe. Four, nearly all fossils have been buried by water action. Number five. The Midwestern part of the United States, including Wisconsin and Texas, are famous in part for the colossal sand mines laid down by ocean waves. Six, the Chinese account their origins as beginning with a catastrophic flood and their Noah-like savior. Number seven, 80 whale skeletons have been unearthed in the Peruvian desert. Number eight, the famous Hell Creek formation covering areas in three U.S. states is festooned with a strange grouping of fossilized creatures, dinosaurs, salt-toothed tigers, sea-growing creatures of many stripes, and all were destroyed by a devastating flood. So was the flood global? Multiple proofs are to be discovered on God said, man said. The following paragraphs are from the feature, The Six Thousands, Part Two, Noah Boards Ark, Sunday, December 7, 2349 B.C. Skeptics challenge Noah's flood with statements like, If all this water fell from the sky, flooding the whole earth, where is the water? Columbia University researchers report that ocean levels were once 400 feet lower than they are today. If the earth were as smooth as a ball, it is calculated that the waters would be nearly two miles high above it. The claimed missing waters are here. As you continue on, keep in mind that according to Bishop Usher, Noah and his entourage boarded the ark on Sunday, December 7, 2349 B.C. I believe that date is from the Julian calendar. According to an article reported in the January 1999 issue of Discover magazine titled, 40 Days and 40 Nights, More or Less, a Great Flood of Possibly Noitic Proportion Did Take Place in Ancient Times. I'm quoting from the article. About 7,500 years ago, they're off by about 3,000 years, a flood poured 10 cubic miles of water a day, 130 times more than flows over Niagara Falls from the Mediterranean Sea into the Black Sea, 
abruptly turning the formerly freshwater lake into a brackish inland sea. The evidence has been slowly accumulating over the past five years. In 1993, William Ryan and Walter Pittman of Columbia's University Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory dug up cores of sediment from the bottom of the Black Sea. The core samples showed that the sea's outer margins had once been dry land and that it had been two-thirds its present size. Furthermore, over the entire sea bottom was a thin, uniform layer of sediment that could only have been deposited during a flood. This past year, even more evidence came to light when researchers collected sediment samples from several new nearby sites. If there had been a flood, there would have been a flood everywhere, says Ryan, so we know that we had to find the same features, the same evidence that the Black Sea had been smaller. The new samples are consistent with that story, end of quote. In an article in the Smithsonian written by James Treffel under the heading Evidence for a Flood, he reports on the research of Columbia University geologist Ryan and Pittman. Treffel reports on the research that claims that antediluvian ocean levels were about 400 feet lower than they are today, and that the east coast of the United States was 75 to 150 miles farther out than it is today, and places like Manhattan and Baltimore would have been inland cities. Of course, this was the result of God opening the windows of heaven and pouring out water down for 40 days and 40 nights. The core samples taken by Ryan and Pittman from the area of the Black Sea led them to believe that a flood of noetic proportion actually occurred, although they don't make the complete jump to global. The following paragraph is from the Smithsonian. It was this event that Pittman and Ryan believed could be the flood recorded in the book of Genesis. The salt water poured through the deepening channel, creating a waterfall 200 times the volume of Niagara Falls. Anyone who has ever traveled to the base of the falls on the Maid of the Mist will have a sense of the power involved. In a single day, enough water came through the channel to cover Manhattan to a depth of at least two times the height of the World Trade Center, and the roaring of cascading water would have been audible at least 100 miles away, end of quotes. Now let's see what's happening on the other side of the earth in South America at the time of Noah's flood, which took place about 4,367 years ago. Geologist Dr. Timothy Clary reviews the latest research that absolutely certifies the global flood. The headline of this feature published in the March 2017 issue of Acts and Facts reads, South America Shows the Flood Progression. Excerpts follow. New research confirms that the flood recorded in Genesis was global. It also reflects the exact step-by-step -step biblical account of the floodwaters progression. In previous articles, I described ICR's Column Project, a research initiative in which we are building a database of stratigraphic columns from across the world. At that point, we'd only completed North America and Africa, compiling stratigraphic information for more than 1,100 boreholes, oil well bores, outcrops, cores, cross-sections, and seismic data over these two great land masses. Most recently, we've added 404 columns across South America, giving a total of over 1,500 compiled stratigraphic columns from around the world. This report describes some of the research of that study, 
and gives compelling confirmation of the biblical flood account described in Genesis chapter 6. What do we see? We show the thickness of the six mega-sequences across South America. The Salk is the earliest flood layer, followed by Tippecanoe, Cascassia, Absaroka, Zuni, and finally the youngest layer, Tejas. Note how the coverage of the continent steadily increases with each successive layer marking the flood's progression. These data indicate the flood started out slowly, inundating limited areas at first, but increasing a little more each time as the first mega-sequences were deposited, perhaps during the first 40 days, Sock, Tippecanoe, Cascassia. Later, during the deposition of the Absaroka mega-sequence, the coverage dramatically increased until the flood appears to have reached a maximum coverage level in the Zuni mega-sequence, possibly around day 150. Fittingly, this is the exact same maximum level observed across North America and Africa, indicating a truly global event. Finally, the Tejas mega-sequence seems to show the floodwaters receding post-day 150 of the flood and accordingly shows a similar coverage level to the Zuni. The geology of South America confirms God's word. The columns across the continent show a clear progression of the floodwaters just as described in Genesis chapter 7, end of quotes. The God Said, Man Said feature, geologist floored by water rock, published the following. Job chapter 38, verse 30. The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. This marvelous verse speaks of hidden water as in a stone. Today's geologists are beginning to understand this mystery that God's Word recorded thousands of years ago. The headline in the AFP press, uh, press release reads, Earth has a secret reservoir of water, say scientists. Excerpts follow. A hundred and fifty years ago, in the journey to the center of the Earth, French science fiction writer Jules Verne pictured a vast sea that lay deep under our planet's surface. Today, that strange and haunting image has found an unexpected echo in the scientific paper. Writing in the journal Nature, scientists on Wednesday said they had found an elusive mineral pointing to the existence of a vast reservoir deep in Earth's mantle, 250 to 375 miles beneath our feet. It may hold as much water as all the planet's oceans combined, they believe. The evidence comes from a water-loving mineral called ringwoodite that came from the so-called transition zone sandwiched between the upper and lower layers of Earth's mantle, they said. This sample really provides extremely strong confirmation that there are local wet spots deep in the Earth in this area, said Graham Pearson of Canada's University of Alberta, who led the research. That particular zone in the Earth, the transition zone, might have as much water as all the world's oceans put together. In some ways, it is an ocean in Earth's interior, as visualized by Jules Verne, although not in the form of liquid water, geologist Kepler said in a commentary also published by Nature. The implications of the discovery are profound, Pearson suggested, end of quotes. No, not in the form of liquid water, but hid, as with a stone and the face of the deep is frozen. Where is all the water? 
The following paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature Noah 2. The headline in U.S. News & World Reports, September 25, 2000, read, An Enduring Mystery Evidence Points to a Flood of Biblical Proportions. A large portion of the article by M. Satchel follows. The search for Noah's Ark and for evidence of the great biblical flood has long consumed scientists, explorers, religious scholars, even government spooks. In 1949, a U.S. spy plane flew over mountains in northern Turkey and photographed what appeared to be the outline of an ancient vessel on the side of a glacier. The site was Mount Ararat, named in Genesis as the place where the Ark came to rest. The Central Intelligence Agency, reluctant to get involved in any religious polemic, continued to photograph the anomaly but kept it under wraps for 40 years. In the 1980s, various expeditions to Ararat, including several led by Apollo 15 astronaut and moon explorer James Irwin, thought they had found bits of physical evidence but nothing could be proved. The Ark remains an enduring legend, and until a stunning discovery announced last week, so did the flood. Archaeologists, led by oceanographer Robert Ballard, who found the Titanic, have been searching the Black Sea off the Turkish coast for evidence of an apocalyptic natural event that could have inspired the Genesis account of the Great Flood. Last week, the expedition found a large wooden building 12 miles offshore at a depth of more than 300 feet. That reinforced their discovery last November of what was almost certainly an ancient coastline some 550 feet below the present sea level. Coupled with last week's revelation, the findings all but conclusively confirmed the theory that melting glaciers some 7,500 years ago raised the levels of oceans and sent the Mediterranean Sea pouring through a natural dam across the Bosporus Strait, inundating a huge freshwater lake and creating the Black Sea. Let me insert here that it was 4,300-some years ago and not 7,500. Also, it was the worldwide flood and not a melting glacier. The article continues. Ballard said last week that the discovery of the man-made undersea structure was beyond our wildest imagination. Many in the religious community share his excitement, and the news may reaffirm the belief of fundamentalists in the literal interpretation of events recorded in the Bible, end of quotes. The Mother of All Extinctions was a headline in Discover magazine in October 2001. According to science writer Kay Wright, during an event dubbed the Permian Extinction, 90% of all life on the planet was wiped out, which pseudoscientists erroneously predict to have happened 250 million years ago. The following excerpt from Wright's article tells of a sudden death, but also shows how much confidence one should have in their dating estimates. It reads, Until recently, geologists and paleontologists through, thought the Permian extinction itself occurred over millions of years, the result of gradual changes in climate and sea level that are common in Earth's history. But new studies have unearthed increased evidence of sudden death. In 1997, analysis of radioactive decay in Permian sediments showed that the extinction may have taken place over a period of less than half a million years. Subsequent studies of other sediment features reduced that feature to 10,000 years or less. And according to an exhaustive fossil census, Irwin and his colleagues conducted last year, 
the permanent extinction may have gone down literally overnight, end of quote. Associated Press news writer P. Recker reports in a September 2001 article of a huge dinosaur egg find at an Argentinian excavation site named Acamoevo. Of course, they were buried and fossilized in sediment caused by a flood. As you read the excerpts from the June 2019 feature in Discover magazine titled Return to Aquaterra, uh, keep in mind Sunday, December 7, 2349 B.C., which is when Noah boarded the ark. From the North Sea to the island-dotted tropics between Asia and Australia, from the frigid waters of the Bering Strait to the sunny Arabian Peninsula, now submerged coastal landscapes were exposed and accessible to our ancestors at multiple times in prehistory, including key periods of human expansion across the globe. The square mileage of these areas now under the seas is equal to that of modern North America. Long out of scientists' reach, these submerged landscapes, which some researchers collectively called Aquaterra, are finally emerging from beneath the waves, at least figuratively. Thanks to cutting-edge technologies and increasing evidence that the old models of early human dispersal no longer make sense, several projects are underway to reconstruct these ancient worlds and search for evidence that will likely rewrite the human story. For 95% of the time that humans have existed, sea levels have been lower than they are now, usually by about 130 feet. At their lowest, they were about 400 feet lower globally than they are today. The submerged landmass stretching between the coast of today's British Isles, Scandinavia, Germany, and France is known as Doggerland. It's named for Dogger Bank, a productive fishing area on its northern edge. The bank was likely the last area of Doggerland to be flooded as sea levels rose by nearly 400 feet over a 12,000-year span. Dogger land is one of the most important pieces of landscape now submerged, says University of York archaeologist Joff Bailey, who, while not directly involved in the current Dogger land research, has followed his colleagues' work with enthusiasm. We know fauna was there by the ton. It was a fantastic landscape with freshwater lakes and an abundance of food immensely productive, end of quote. BBC News published a feature on December 19, 2019, titled World's Oldest Fossil Trees Uncovered in New York. Just two sentences follow. Scientists believe the forest they belong to was so vast, it originally stretched beyond Pennsylvania. It's understood the forest was wiped out by a flood. The researchers have found fish fossils on the surface of the quarry, end of quote. How about the publication The Week, whose April 19, 2019 publication featured the following under the heading, The Day the Dinosaurs Died. The new excavation site near Bowman, North Dakota, is full of fossils of sea creatures that were swept inland by giant waves tangled together with a mass of trees, flowers, and land-inhibiting vertebrae. The gills of the fish at the site are clogged with tectites, Gravel-sized bodies composed of natural glass formed from the terrestrial debris ejected during meteorite impacts. The cataclysm essentially stockpiled the rarest and most poorly represented things in the rock formation, 
in one deposit that we can study for decades, said Robert, Robert D. Palma, the paleontologist who found the fossil bed. He says the site also contains dinosaur fossils, which he will examine in future studies. End of quote. Is North Dakota, USA near the ocean? I don't think so. The Bible is the most reliable, even inerrant, account of all things it decides to address. Its histories and accounts are authored by God, a living eyewitness of the events, and they are far from reproach. Brother Paul, the rest of question two can be found in the God said, man said features on Noah, and so much more. Spend some time with us. If you have further questions, type keywords into our search bar at the top right of your screen and you will find your screen populated with related features. If you still have questions, send them over. We will respond with miracles and all. Be assured of this. God's word is true and righteous altogether. A place to build a life that will last forever. God said, Genesis 6, verse 17, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. God said, Genesis seven seventeen through 24, And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beasts, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man all then in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days. God said, Genesis chapter 8, verse 5, and the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. Man said, Everyone knows the universe is billions of years old, and the Bible's stories of creation, of Adam and Eve, and of Noah's Ark, are all just a bunch of foolish fairy tales. Get over it, Bible thumpers. Now you have the record.